فَسَتُبْصِرُوا So soon you will see. وَيُبْصِرُونَ And they will also see. Meaning with time, it will become clear who is upon truth and who is upon falsehood. فَسَتُبْصِرُوا وَيُبْصِرُونَ Just be patient in the meantime. Very soon, you will see, they will see, بِأَيِّكُمُ الْمَفْتُونَ بِأَيِّكُمْ Be with أَيِّكُمْ Which of you, meaning who amongst you, is المفتون, the one who is afflicted. Is it you, O Prophet ﷺ, or is it those who deny you? With time, it will become clear. The word مَفْتُون is from فَتَنَا, fitna. So مَفْتُون is one who is in fitna. One who is in a trial. And it is said that the word maftoon can also be derived from futun. And futun means junoon, madness. So maftoon is just another way of saying mad, madman. Another way of saying majnoon. They call you majnoon while you have the best moral character. Very soon it will become clear that who is actually majnoon. Is it you? Or is it them? فَسَتُبْصِرُوا وَيُبْصِرُونَ بِأَيِّكُمُ الْمَفْتُونَ And isn't that something that happened? With every passing day, it became clear that the Prophet ﷺ's character was far better than the character of his enemy. That how his enemies, they stoop to such low levels in their enmity to the Prophet ﷺ. Look at the kind of things they did. If you just fast forward to Medina, what happened in Medina? How, you know, they're coming time after time to harm the Muslims. The Prophet ﷺ goes to Mecca in order to perform Umrah. What happened? The mushrikeen, they refused to allow the Prophet ﷺ to enter. A treaty is agreed upon. Who violated it? Who did? Who did? Was it the Muslims or the Mushrikeen? It was the Mushrikeen. So with time, it became clear that the Prophet ﷺ was not Majnoon at all. And it was made very clear that it was actually his enemies who were behaving like they were Majnoon. You see Majnoon person, when they're doing something completely irrational, right? What they do is completely irrational. Like for example what? How does a majnoon person behave? What kind of actions do they do? They will start yelling or screaming, bumping into walls, harming themselves. Isn't it? And what did the mushrikeen do? They harmed themselves. They behaved very arrogantly. They dealt with the Prophet ﷺ as if they had no intellect. So, بِأَيِّكُمُ الْمَفْتُونَ It will become very clear. What lesson does this teach us? They called him Majnoon. Allah says, you're not Majnoon. You have the best character. And with time, it will become clear. So for now, be patient and keep working. What's the lesson in this for us? What's the lesson? Tell me something. Raise your hand. Somebody other than Amina? Yes. Okay, patience. What else? Yes? Yes. That many times we 
will also be called majnoon because of what? Because of the fact that we believe in God or because of the fact that we're Muslim or because of whatever our beliefs are, Islam in general, we will be looked at as majnoon or or people will call us majnoon. What should we do? What should we do? Become afraid over there? I can't wear this otherwise people will call me crazy. Yes, we should become afraid of people and do what they want us to do? No. Be strong. They're calling you majnoon does not make you a majnoon. And those who accuse you of being majnoon, they're actually majnoon themselves. Because had they used their mind, if they had even a little bit of real knowledge, they wouldn't be behaving like this. So be patient. And with time, things will become clear. Allah will prove your truthfulness. Allah will defend you just as He defended His Messenger. Just as He proved the truthfulness of His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And if we get caught up in just trying to please people, that they shouldn't call me majnoon. They shouldn't call me crazy. I should be acceptable to people. If that becomes our concern, we're not going to get anywhere. Yes. Sometimes when you hear something being said, a lot of times you start to believe it. And that's why I feel like the Prophet ﷺ, he was called like majnoon so many times or a, a magician. But every night he would always read the dua, Oh Allah, guide me to that which people differ over, to kind of give him strength. Mm. I can't recall the exact Arabic right now. You see, Maryam, when she was going to give birth to Isa she was afraid that when she will go to her people, they will accuse her. Correct? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told her that just observe complete silence. Right? Meaning, don't say anything. Observe complete silence over there. And what happened then? When she went to her people, her people, yes, they accused her immediately. They shamed her. Right? Ya ma kana wa ma kanat They shamed her a lot, right? And then what happened? Isa alayhi salam spoke. And when he spoke, he didn't say even a word in defense of Maryam. He didn't say anything such as my mother is an innocent woman. Nothing like that. So how was the speech of Isa salam a defense of Maryam? How? It was the fact that he spoke that proved the truthfulness of Maryam, that proved her innocence. Right? So this shows us that it is your work, it is what you produce that will prove your correctness, your honesty, to people, not your words. Because if it was your words, then Maryam would have been told, you know, she, she would have been given certain points, that say this or say that or say this or say that. No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told her to not use any words. Because words will not work over there. What will work, what will have a lasting effect, what is really gonna work is your child, your product. So here, similarly, don't worry about defending yourself verbally. Just keep working. 
and be patient and do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to do and Allah will create the means to defend you inna rabbaka indeed your lord huwa a'lamu he is most knowing biman dalla an sabilihi of one who has gone astray from his path wa huwa a'lamu bil muhtadin and he is most knowing of those who are rightly guided Allah knows and that is sufficient for us فَلَا تُطِعْ So do not obey. الْمُكَذِّبِينَ The deniers. Those who deny, don't obey them. When they call you, when they invite you to falsehood, then do not obey them. Don't do what they want you to do. Be firm upon your principles. And don't make compromises at all. What do they want? They wish? What do? Same root as of the word al-wadud, wadud, the name of Allah, mawadda, love. So what do they want? They love, lautudhinu, if you would soften, fayudhinun, so they would also soften. Now, tudhinu, yudhinun, both of these words are from the root letters, dalhanun. And idhan is to oil something. Right? We've done this root earlier also. It means to oil something, to put oil on something. Why would you put oil on something? To soften it. Right? So from this, the word is used for compromise. Because when you're willing to compromise, you know, when you let go of something, you're, you're trying to accommodate somebody. Right? So you let go of something in order to accommodate them. This is idhan. So they want you to compromise and accommodate them, do what they want you to do, and what would they do in return? Yudhinun, they would soften toward you, they will not oppose you. What is this referring to? The mushrikeen, you know, they would say that, don't disregard our idols. You know, yes, we believe in Allah, and you want us to believe in Allah, we do that. But you say that we should not worship our idols. We don't want to leave our idols. So, you know, things are getting really tough. So how about we come to some compromise and you accept our idols. You praise them or you acknowledge them. You accommodate them in the religion somehow. So then everything will be good. Now if you think about it, it sounds very good. But okay, come to some compromise so that there is peace. Right? However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَا تُطِعِ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ Do not obey them. They want you to compromise so that they will also compromise, meaning they will not oppose you. Why is this not okay? Because if the Prophet wasallam said, okay, I'll accept these idols of yours, would that be tawheed? Would that be tawheed? No. It wouldn't be tawheed. It would be shirk. So we cannot change the truth just to please people. We cannot change and modify our religion just to make it more acceptable to people. We can't do that. We have to remain firm on our principles. Did I tell you the story of the omelette? Yeah, I did. Seth Gordon's omelette, right? You know, if you were to make that same kind of omelette in a restaurant, what would they say? Well, we can't use this pan. Well, we can't use the freshest of ingredients. So please compromise on the utensils and then compromise on the ingredients. And then what do you have at the end? Not a good omelet. So when you start compromising on your principles, what do you have left? 
something different than what you started with. So, what do لَوْ تُدْهِنُ فَيُدْهِنُونَ They want you to compromise, but don't do that. Because you see, earlier, what was mentioned about akhlaq, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And sometimes we think that good character means you get along with everybody. And in order to get along with everybody, you have to make compromises all the time. And so, I want to get along with everybody. They don't want me to wear this, I won't wear it. They don't want me to do this, I won't do it. They want me to do this wrong thing, even though it goes against my religion, but I will do it just to get along with them. Is that good akhlaq? No. That's not good akhlaq. Good akhlaq doesn't mean that people are happy with you. Remember this. Good akhlaq is what? That you do what Allah wants you to do in the manner that He wants you to do. So maintain your character, but also maintain your principles. Now again Allah says, وَلَا تُطِعْ And do not obey. كُلَّ حَلَّافٍ مَهِينٍ Every worthless, habitual swearer. Don't obey such people. Earlier, such people were called مُكَذِّبِينَ In general, a category of people is mentioned. Don't obey them. Now here specifically a character is described that do not obey such an individual. Who is that individual? What are his characteristics? The first one, حَلَّاف. What is حَلَّاف? حَلَّاف is someone who habitually and frequently makes حَلْف. Meaning he swears oaths. Habitually, frequently swears oaths. Why would he have to swear oaths all the time? Why? Okay, because nobody believes him. Nobody believes him. He's not credible. He's not reputable. So he has to swear all the time. Because you see, a truthful person, they just need to say something once and it's sufficient, it's accepted. And a person who's not credible, who's not reputable, then what happens to them? They can say the same thing 20 times, it's not going to be accepted. So what do they do to make their words more acceptable? They take oaths. Halaf. Maheen. Who is maheen? One who is worthless, despicable. Someone who doesn't have any qadr. What is qadr? Value. They don't have any value, no worth. Maheen, someone who's very lowly. Why? Because of their lies, because of their actions, because of their crimes. وَلَا تُطِعْ كُلَّ حَلَّافٍ maheen. Who is this person? Hamazin. Allah says he's hamaz. Who is Hamaz? Hamaz, fa'al, one who frequently, greatly, Hamaza. What is Hamaza? Hmm? To say something bad about someone regarding their khalq or their khuluq. To say something bad about someone regarding their physical body or their manners behind their back. There is lums and there is hums. Lums is to say something of similar nature on a person's face. And hums is to do it behind their back. So basically, it's ghiba, backbiting. So hamaz is mughtab, the one who habitually, frequently backbites other people. Hamaz is ayyab, one who is always looking for faults in other people. This is who Hamaz is. وَلَا تُطِرْكُلَّ Do not obey every حَلَّاف Habitual swear 
مہین ورتھلس ہماز اسکارنر مشا ام بنمیم مشا فعال ون ہو ڈز الارف مشیا وٹ ڈز مشیا مین مشا ہی واکڈ رائٹ یمشونا سو مشا از ون ہو واکس الاٹ آلویز واکنگ واکنگ وتھ وٹ بنمیم وٹ از نمیم وتھ نمیم ملیشیس گاسپ Literally the word نمیم means حرکت الخفیفہ A very slight movement. Okay? And basically, a slight movement sometimes can cause great disasters. Right? Sometimes. There's a jug of water, glass jug, right? At the edge of the table. And you're sitting at the table and you move your arm very slightly. Give that jug a... A very gentle nudge. And what happens to that jug? It lands on the floor, shattered. Now there's broken pieces of glass everywhere, in addition to all the water. How are you going to fix that mess? Right? This is namim. Harakatul khafifa. Alright? So from this, the word namim is used for slander, defamation, to tell false, slanderous statements about other people. Why? In order to damage their reputation. So he is masha'im binamim, walking with namim, meaning goes here and slanders people, damages their reputation, and then goes there, and then goes here, and then goes there, and then goes there. This person's house, that person's house, that store, that party, that party. You know, never stopping, always on the go, spreading falsehood and lies about people as if they've got nothing else to do in life. And this is something we must be very careful about. You know, sometimes just in the name of socialization or just meeting other people, social parties, what do we do? One wedding and then one party and then one dinner and then one coffee. And what are we talking about? She did this, he did that, she said this, he did that, they are like this and they are like that. Masha'im binamim. Is that what we're carrying with us all the time? So Allah says, do not obey such scandal mongers, those who spread evil talk among people in order to sow dissension between them. Don't obey such people. Why is it said don't obey them? Because you see such people, it's very easy to come under their pressure. Here's a person who's taking oaths. And he is very confidently talking negatively about other people. What are you supposed to do? Just be quiet. Just listen. No, Allah says, لا تطر. Don't obey them. Don't come under their pressure. And don't do what they want you to do. Don't say what they want you to say. Remain firm, no matter how much such people bully you and threaten you. Then Allah says, مَنَّاعٍ This person is مَنَّاعٍ What does مَنَّاعٍ mean? One who does a lot of manner. One who stops and hinders, prevents people a lot. But this person, manna'in lil khair. He is constantly hindering people from what? From khair. What is khair? Good work. Islam. Good actions, good deeds. Generosity. Charity work. He stops people from doing good work. And himself, he is mu'tad. Who is mu'tad? 
one who transgresses, one who acts outrageously, ظلوم, extremely unfair, أثيم, one who is sinful, hurts others, and also disobeys God. And then, this person is عُتُل, عُتُل, bully, عِنْتَ لَامْ, عَتَلَ, عَتَلَ is to pull someone by their hair, and especially the hair on the head. So pull them by their head. And not just the head, hair. Can you imagine how mean this is? This is the meaning of atala. And from this, the word utul is used for a person who's very strong in their body, physically very able, but extremely rude, very mean, very harsh. Utul is a person who is of strong physique. They are wealthy, they are powerful, but they are oppressive. Extremely arrogant. Some have interpreted the word utul as someone who is akul, sharub, one who eats and drinks a lot, gluttonous drinker. And when he will drink so much, how is he going to behave with people? Utulin, a bully. Ba'da dhalika, after that, meaning moreover, after all of these bad traits, this person is also zanim, an illegitimate pretender. Who is zanim? Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said that this person was described, but we didn't know who he was until zanim, until Allah gave the description zanim. Then we knew exactly who this person was, that the Prophet wasallam was forbidden from obeying, that don't obey this person. Who is Zanim? Zanim, it is said that it's from the word Zanam, and it's, the word Zanamah is used for a piece of flesh that hangs from the throat externally. So you see this in goats, right? A piece of flesh that hangs from the throat externally, right? It's called a wattle, W-A-T-T-L-E. Seen in goats, sometimes pigs. Zanim is one who has a Zanamah. One who's got this extra flesh hanging from his throat. Why would that be? Because he, he is utul. He's utul. Eats and drinks so much that he's got extra flesh hanging from his neck even. He's utul. And Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said, he was described but unknown to us until Zanim. When we heard Zanim, we knew that this was Walid bin Mughira. Because he had this zanma, like a double chin. This is one interpretation of the word zanim. There is another interpretation of zanim, which is illegitimate pretender. Zanim is used for a person who is born of, who's not born out of wedlock. So waladu zina, this is who a zanim is. And why he's called zanim is because it's like extra, you know. He's not technically from that family, but Kind of is, right? Doesn't get inheritance, etc. Now, it doesn't mean that if a person has been born like this, they are evil. No, it's not their fault. Zanim is not just someone who is illegitimate, but he's a pretender. Meaning he pretends to be of a family, of a certain lineage, while he is not. And why would he do that? Because his own lineage is not very 
nice. And remember in that society, lineage was everything. If you were from a good lineage, even if you were poor, it didn't matter. And if you were from a lowly lineage, then you know, even if you were a millionaire, it didn't matter. Lineage was everything. Racism was very real in that society. So this man, Walid bin Mughira, it is said that when he was about 18 years old, his father claimed him, his actual father claimed him, you're actually my son. And he had no idea who he was. Because his father had committed zina with somebody and he was born as a result of that. And he had no idea. But Walid bin Mughira, with time, he became so wealthy that he would claim to be of the Quraysh. He would lie about it. That he was of the Quraysh. Why? Just to add that prestige and that name to be more honorable in front of people. Whereas in reality, he was not of the Quraysh. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing this man, Walid bin Mughira, you know, with this description, I mean, nobody has been described in the Qur'an in this way. Nobody. And look at the description in the following verse. أَنْ كَانَ ذَا مَالٍ وَبَنِينَ Because he is a possessor of wealth and children, إِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِ آيَاتُنَا قَالَ أَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ سَنَسِيمُهُ عَلَى الْخُرْطُومِ We are going to brand him on his snout, on his nose. And khurtum is actually used for the nose of a pig or a trunk, nozzle of a donkey or a pig because it's protruding out, it's lifted up. I mean, he's really been humiliated in these verses. Because this man was a man of power. He was a man of wealth. He was a man whose words people would take very seriously. By the way, his son was Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. It's the same Walid, Walid bin Mughira. So this man, he said derogatory words about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa He called him Majnoon, etc. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he defended his messenger. I mean, these words show the hatred that Allah has for this man. That this evil description is given in the Qur'an. I'm sure you've heard children reciting these verses. You've heard so many people reciting these verses. And every time these verses are recited, who is being humiliated? Walid bin Mughira. Someone who thought so highly of himself, so arrogant, so full of himself. And look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala humiliates him. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu said, We know of no one whom Allah has described in the derogatory way in which he describes Walid bin Mughira. No one has been described in such a derogatory way. And what is said? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is told, Don't obey such people. Don't obey such people. Because if you obey them, you will strengthen them. If you will obey them, you will be affected by their bad akhlaq also. So distance yourself from such people who have such lowly character. On the one hand is the character of the Prophet ﷺ. How is that? وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And here we see the character of his enemies. How is that? So lowly, so despicable, so evil. He pretends to be of great lineage and he wants to be obeyed. Why? 
and that kana he is malin, one of wealth wabanin and children meaning he's got no good akhlaq he's got no good manners no lineage even nothing only wealth and children and because of that he thinks highly of himself because of that he thinks that he should be obeyed or people think that he should be obeyed meaning what has this man got why would you obey him why would you follow him just because he's got money and children is that what makes a person worth following he's got no character i mean if you look at his character it's horrible the kind of things he does and the kind of things he says and the kind of arrogance that he has he's not worth following and really this is something we need to think about also because we get so impressed by people why why just because of their wealth that's it they're wearing the fanciest of clothes or they're going to the fanciest of places and whatever they do whatever they say whatever they write whatever they post whatever they promote we'll take it we'll take it an kana dha malin wa banin be careful about who you're following إِذَا تُتْلَى عَلَيْهِ آيَاتُنَا When our verses are recited upon him, قَالَ أَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ This man says that they are the legends of the former people. This is how he describes the Qur'an. Would you still follow him? Just because he's rich and just because he's got money. سَنَسِمُهُ عَلَى الْخُرْطُومِ Allah says, سَنَسِمُهُ We shall brand him. وَسْم وَسْم is to put a mark on something. Upon his khurtum, and khurtum, like I mentioned to you earlier, the nose, nozzle of a donkey or a pig that is lifted up. It is said that Walid bin Mughira was very proud of the shape of his nose. I mean, people are like that. They're very proud of how a certain part of their body looks. And that is what they talk about all the time, or that is what they show off to people. So, he was very proud of it. And look at how Allah humiliates that also. And what happened in the battle of Badr is that his nose got cut off in the battle. These verses were revealed in Makkah. And many years later, this man's nose was cut off. What does this show? Allah's anger for this man. Even though Allah had given him wealth and children, He had so many sons. You know that? This man had like 10 sons or something. Extremely rich. Allah gave him all of that. Yet Allah hated him. What does that show? Just because you've got the money and just because you've got the family doesn't mean Allah loves you. What else does this show to us? What else does this teach us about this man's end? It's not your wealth and your children that make you good in Allah's eyes. It's your character. What is your character like? That is what matters. The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنظُرُ إِلَىٰ أَمْوَالِكُمْ He does not look at your wealth and your bodies. He looks at what? إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Your hearts and your deeds. And that is basically your akhlaq. Because akhlaq is the packaging in which you present your deeds, in which you present your words. That is what your akhlaq is. سَنَسِمُهُ عَلَى الْخُرْطُومِ Okay, we'll listen to the recitation of these verses. 
بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نون والقلم وما يسطرون ما انت بنعمه ربك بمجنون وان لك لاجرا غير ممنون وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ فَسَتُبْصِرُ وَيُبْصِرُونَ بِأَيِّكُمُ الْمَفْتُونَ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِالْمُهْتَدِينَ فلا تطع المكذبين ودوا لو تدهن فيدهنون ولا تطع كل حلاف مهين هماز مشاء بنمين من خير معتد أثيم عتل بعد ذلك زنيم أن كان ذا مال وبنين إذا تتلى عليه آياتنا قال أساطير الأولين سنسمه على الخرطوم Aisha radiallahu anha said that the worst people in Allah's sight on the day of resurrection will be those whom the people leave in order to be away from their evil in order to be safe from their evil meaning their akhlaq is so bad that people avoid them so such people will be removed far from Allah also Worst in Allah's sight. Good akhlaq, heaviest deed in the scale. And bad akhlaq, rudeness, harshness, being a bully, bullying other people, just because we've got some money, and just because we've got the family. This is what brings a person down. Assalamu alaikum. Sometimes we are so proud of our appearance, like our beauty, our look and stuff. So we sit, That will be everything. If I go anywhere or if you go wedding or party, so people will be, I will be interesting the people with my appearance. But when you open the mouth, so the person will be total different person. So that's what the Prophet ﷺ taught us the dua. Whenever you look at the mirror, in mirror, to see your beauty, what you ask for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to ask for good manner, akhlaq. That's why as a woman, we every minute in our packet mirror, we are looking that, see my eyebrow is okay, my lip is okay, thing. But because we always so engross up with our uh, physical, appearance, physical. Yeah. but that's why don't forget to, we can keep, it's not uh, in the morning we have to make this dua. We have to make it every time. Wallah, yes. give a good akhlaq, good manner. Yes. That Allahumma kama ahsanta khalqi fahassin khuluqi. And also that wahdini li ahsan in akhlaq, that oh Allah guide me to the best of character. Well, I was traveling recently and um, 
we had taken the kids to this play area and there was a person over there watching the kids and I was sitting nearby and all of a sudden I hear my daughter saying, what are you checking? And I looked and the lady was checking her face in a mirror, right? So my daughter was so curious that why is she looking at herself in the mirror? But I mean, I was like, her hair is perfect, her makeup is perfect, everything is, you know, in place. But still, this individual is so concerned about their looks that they actually have a pocket mirror. Wow. You can actually carry a mirror in your bag. I don't know how you could lug that with you all the time. We're so concerned. And then not just having it in our bags, but taking it out and checking to make sure that we're looking perfect. This is how concerned we are about our physical bodies. And look at how it's the physical body that has been humiliated in these verses. Khurtum. I mean, wow. It's not the physical looks, it's the character that matters. Yes. Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. The ni'mah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave us, we have to use it for the sake of Allah. Uh, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He gave us a parent. Maybe we look beautiful, maybe something in us different than others. Mm-hmm. But that thing is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He can take it in second. It's a blessing of Allah. Yesterday I remember um, I have pain in my tooth. Subhanallah, I was, the pain was so severe and I was thinking, subhanAllah, this is just a small part of the body. Imagine every single part of the body we, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent the disease in us. What will happen? We not recognize that come from Allah. That's why we are arrogant. May Allah forgive us. Because we are in Allah's mulk, right? We belong to Him. Assalamu alaikum. Um, if we relate this to ourselves, like right now, it's um, the selfie culture that's been going on. Everyone, you know, taking pictures of themselves constantly and just completely obsessed with their image. I remember listening to a lecture by Sheikh Hamza Yusuf. It was like a quick, like three or four minute clip. But it was exactly on that, that yes, it seems like it's, you know, I'm just having fun, I'm taking a picture. But it's really just because everyone's completely obsessed with how they look and their image. And like they reduce everything about themselves to how you look on Instagram or you know, whatever it may be. Yes. Okay. And plus, sometimes uh, we as a parents, like those are parents and father, they do whatever they want to do themselves, but they forget about if we are not there, what we will be suffering our kids. Now think about Khaled ibn Walid. Whenever you think about his dad, what is left behind him, you will be suffering a lot. The way they live, the way whatever. I know he wasn't a believer in the times, but after that he becoming believer. But every time he coming across this ayah, every time you know about his father, I mean the feeling he have it. Sometimes what I'm trying to say that now as mothers, as fathers, whatever you're doing now, you will be getting the result for your children. So watch what you're doing. That will be a worthy remembering you in good way or bad way. Yes. And that is what children remember, the akhlaq of the parents. How were they? How did they talk to me? Did they respect me or were they harsh with me? 